sacrament of God's presence, but I feel like we just experienced that, so you don't really need to be taught about that. <laughs> good, good. Uh, but I just want, I just, last, uh, was it last week, week before, talking about how the strategy of God is still the preaching of the gospel. Uh, it is transformational. It changes the hearts of men and women. And uh, it's God's plan. God's plan is to, is to have His people represent Him, preach the gospel, get people saved, baptized, fill with the Holy Ghost. That's what will change the world. Amen? And so that's just our number one mission, uh, our number one priority. Um, City Impact Church has three things. One, one being to see souls saved. Uh, number two being to uh, worship and glorify God. And number three being to grow in maturity to grow into wholeness, uh, to the fullness and the measure of Christ. So very simple, very basic. And you know what? We need simplicity in the day that we live in. And the Bible is very simple, very, very basic. When I say basic, I don't mean unpowerful or not deep. I just mean it's basic. Amen. Even someone like me can get it. Praise God. All right, I'll just preach. God, thank you for the opportunity to share your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that we would have fresh eyes, fresh ears, fresh heart. God, I pray for those who have never heard the gospel this morning, Lord, they would hear it, Lord, and respond to a loving God, to a God who cares, to a God who sees. And I pray, Lord, for us who are a bit more seasoned in life, God, that we would see the gospel again with fresh eyes, Lord, that you are the answer to all of humanity's issues. Jesus, you are not a way, you are the way. And God, I thank you, Lord, for a shift in the church, Lord, back to the foundations of the gospel. God, I thank you, Lord, for a, a gospel that is Jesus Christ. So God, we thank you for that this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm awake. Turn to your other neighbor and say, are you sure? It's going to be good. All right, so if you're taking notes this morning, this is called The Inside Out. The Inside Out. The Inside Out. And... Uh, so the fundamental thought this morning is that, how many know there's something fundamentally wrong with humanity? Just a good time to amen. There's something wrong with us, guys. <laughs> there's something wrong with, uh, with, with humanity. There's something, well, if I say wrong, I mean there's something twisted. There's something that's happened inside of us uh, that needs help. We need help. We need saved. We need, we need a Savior. His name is Jesus. And I think sometimes we can... Uh, we can forget that. Uh, we can just start seeing things as good and bad. Uh, but the reality is that, that every single one of us were born into sin. Foundational doctrine, guys, we were born into sin. Everyone who was born of a woman has been born into sin because Adam sinned. Then we all became sinners. So it's not, it's not the people that have done wrong. You, when you do something wrong, you become a sinner. We are born with this inherent uh, sinful nature, we are born sinners, and we need delivered out of that. Amen? So we are not, on the, we are not in the world to just make uh, sinners uh, better behaved. <laughs> Christianity is not behavioral modification. It is an inside-out experience. It is an encounter with a living God who comes on in the inside of you cleans you up, makes you whole, makes you new, you become a new creation, and then the external starts to change. This is the hope of the world. This is the hope that Jesus brings. Amen? So, so Christianity is not just, just about, you know, cleaning up the outside, but Jesus actually wants to do a deep work inside of us. Amen. 
Jesus actually wants to deliver us. Jesus actually wants to save us. Jesus actually wants to clean us in the very core of who we are. Christianity is not just a little on the side surface clean. Christianity is not the washing of the outside of the cup. Christianity, true Christianity, is not just I go to church on Sundays. It is not some little I've swapped out the pub for a church. It is not I have stopped swearing. It is not, <laughs> am, I, am I tracking with anyone this morning? Come on, guys. These, these are all good things, by the way. These are all great things. But it is not an external thing. It is an internal thing which affects Changes the outside. <laughs> I don't know if you're, if you're like me, guys, but my wife, amazing as she is, uh, if we are having people over, um, I hate it because, number one, I know that my wife's going to say we need to clean the house. Uh, <laughs> number two is that when Kelly says we're cleaning the house, that does not mean cleaning the house. Uh, this means uh, pulling out drawers, um, cleaning the bottom of drawers. Uh, <laughs> Cleaning stuff that no one's ever going to see. Um, I'm like, Kelly, no one's going to look in this drawer. No, 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 it needs to be clean. And uh, I'm like, hey, it's fine with their family, their friends. They know who we are. We don't have to put on a, a, you know, my wife likes to have it. She's shaking her head at me. She likes to have it clean. And I like things clean too, but I don't think we have to have a deep clean uh, to have people over. I think we could just sort of chuck some stuff over here and move some stuff here and close that door and just no one goes in that area. This is going to be the place that they see. Let's just fix all those bits up. And uh, come on. I mean, and so, so sometimes we can experience our Christianity like that. Uh, but Jesus is interested, like my wife is, in a deep clean. Jesus is interested in actually getting into the parts that other people don't see and actually cleaning us on the inside. He's not, he's not interested in just a surface clean that makes us look clean, but we're not really clean. Come on, Jesus is amazing. That's why he's the answer. He's the answer, right, for, for all of humanity. Um, so we're going to have a look at some scriptures today. We're going to get heavy in this because I want you to walk out of here being like, no, I get the gospel. I understand why the world needs Jesus, and I can't wait to tell them why. I don't want to take for granted. I've, I've realized that some things that are clear to me aren't always clear to other people. And sometimes you can take for granted. Uh, can I just be completely open and honest? I, I, I used to hear people say all the time, um, Oh, I, I, I preached the gospel and so-and-so, and then this person got saved. And, that. and I always thought, well, what's the gospel? What, is, what do you mean by I preached the gospel? Um, I'm like, did you start at Adam and Eve and you worked your way all the way through? Um, what, what do you mean by I preached the gospel? I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor, by the way, guys, and I'm putting my hand up first. Then I had this um, Yes, He Is app thing. They said, oh, can you just come and share a quick gospel message? I freaked out. I'm like, what is the gospel? What do you mean, what is the gospel? And I knew what the gospel was, but I wasn't sure what they thought the gospel was. So we're just going to get back to like just beautiful gospel, come on Jesus. All right? So we're just going to establish the point that Jesus does not want to give a surface clean. Jesus actually wants to get to the inside of us. God is interested in a deep clean of humanity. Amen and amen, Corey. All right. Matthew 23, 25 to 28. Great sorrow awaits you, religious scholars and Pharisees. It's amazing that he's talking to the religious leaders, not to people who don't know Jesus or know God. There's, a, there's an ownership and responsibility on us, not just to preach the gospel, but to live the gospel and give a clear explanation and understanding of what the gospel actually is and what it does. 
Great sorrow awaits you, religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and imposters. You are like one who will only wipe clean the outside of a cup or bowl, leaving the inside filthy. You are foolish to ignore the greed and self-indulgence that live like germs within you. You are blind and deaf to your evil. It's amazing. This is what religion does. It, 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 it makes us blind and deaf to actually the stuff that's going on inside of us because externally we've wiped the bowl. I'm a Christian. I go to church. I do this. I do that. I'm a good person. All of a sudden we become blind to what Jesus is actually trying to show us, right? Shouldn't the one who cleans the outside also be concerned with cleaning the inside? You need to have more than clean dishes. You need clean hearts. Hey Amen. You need to have more than clean dishes. You need to have clean hearts. Great sorrow awaits you, religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and imposters. You are nothing more than tombs painted with fresh coats of white paint. Amen. Come on, I painted my house and it looks so good white. Praise God, the inside's clean as well. <laughs> Sorry, this is a terrible joke. It's only really relevant to my, myself and my wife, so that's an inside joke. But you don't want to be a painted up tomb. You don't, you don't, you don't want to have, you don't want to, you don't, inside joke, yeah, sorry. So you don't want to have a, a, an outside, <laughs> I'm getting thumbs up from people, that's awesome. You don't want to have an outside that looks clean, but inside you're just decaying. Inside you're, you're, you're dead. Inside you're still dealing with the same stuff, still not set free, still not understanding what the gospel has actually done for you. But on the outside you look clean, but on the inside you're still decaying, Right? You are nothing more than tombs painted with fresh coats of white paint, tombs that look shining and beautiful on the outside, but within are found decaying corpses full of nothing but corruption. Because what, what did sin do, guys? Sin corrupted us. Sin got inside of us and corrupted us. When Adam fell, sin came inside of us and corrupted us. So when Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to all of humanity. Hey, your religious activities are making the outside of you clean but I've come to actually clean the inside of you. I've actually, come to dwell, I've actually come to deliver you from the corruption of sin. Come on, if you believe the gospel, just say amen, right? But within you have found a can cause is full of nothing but corruption. Outwardly, you masquerade as righteous people, but inside your hearts, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. God actually cares about us and doesn't want us just to be clean on the outside, and rotting on the inside. God actually loves us so much and cares about humanity so much that He doesn't want us just to have the appearance of being clean. He actually wants us to be clean, church. Jesus actually wants us to be made clean, to be made whole, amen? Matthew 15, 10, then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, come, listen, and open your heart to understand. I pray that everyone has opened their heart to listen to understand this morning, because I believe there's even a revelation for us who think we know the gospel to even go deeper in it. What truly contaminates a person is not what he puts into his mouth. That is why we can have pork ribs, guys, and it is okay. <laughs> Come on, we need ribs. No, <laughs> sorry. It's not what goes into uh, it's not what goes into a person. What puts in the mouth, what comes out of his mouth. What makes a person defiled? I'm going to butcher that up. I'm going to start that again. Open your hearts to understand what truly contaminates a person is not what he puts in his mouth, but what comes out of his mouth. That's what makes people defiled. Then his disciples approached him and said, do you, not, do you know that what you just said offended the Pharisees? Amen. Who doesn't love offending a Pharisee? 
just a good time. Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly Father didn't plant is destined to be uprooted. Stay away from them, for they are nothing more than blind guides. Do you know what happens when a blind man pretends to guide another blind man? This is why it matters, um, and I'll put myself to be examined as well. It matters who you listen to. It matters the gospel that you understand. Because if it's just another blind person lead another blind person, you're going to fall in a hole. So if someone doesn't understand or know the gospel, I actually understand what the gospel has done. It's just a blind guide that's just trying to give you external things to fix, but never actually giving you the answer, who's Jesus? Amen? All right, where did I get to? Uh, blind guides. Do you know what happens when a blind man pretends to guide another blind man? They both stumble into a ditch. Peter spoke up and said, well, will you explain to us what you mean by this parable? And Jesus said, even after all that I've taught you, you still remain clueless. <laughs> you love Jesus' sarcasm. Mate. He's just a good dude. Hey, just amazing. Just got a personality and a sense of humor. And just, I love the way he talks to the disciples. Because he loves them, right? But he's just saying, hey, come on, you should know this by now. Is it hard to understand that whatever you eat enters the stomach only to pass out into the sewer? I just wanted you guys to say that with me as well, so it wasn't weird. But what comes out of your mouth reveals the core of your heart. Yeah? What comes out of your heart, that'd just be a good thing for us to check at the moment. What's coming out of us? Because it's actually revealing where our heart's at. What's coming out of us is revealing where our heart's at. Guess what Christianity isn't? Christianity is not biting your lip and just not saying the things you want to say. You, 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 just, you, you haven't experienced the gospel inside, and you're just trying to externally wash the plate and make people feel like you are righteous, but really, you just want to slap someone. Really, you just want to let rip with your words because there's something in your heart that is, okay? Christianity is not biting your lip. Christianity is experiencing a God that comes and washes and cleanses you, so what comes out of your mouth is actually holy and wholesome. Not the appearance of being holy and wholesome, but actually a work being done inside. Yeah, okay. You still remain, uh, sorry, but what comes out of your mouth reveals the core of your heart. Words can pollute, not food. Guess where the heart is, by the way? Inside. No one's got their heart on the outside, right? Jesus is trying to get into here, saying, guys, you guys are worried about all of this, but what's going on in here? Christianity hasn't changed. The problem with humanity hasn't changed. Jesus came to fix in here so that then this would change. This would, this would change because of an overflow of what's happened inside of me. Uh, but what comes out of your mouth reveals the core of your heart. Words can pollute, not food. You will find living within an impure heart, evil ideas, murderous thoughts, idolatry, Adultery, sorry, sexual immorality, theft, lies, and slander. And so most of us as Christians are just trying not to do those things. That's what pollutes a person. Eating with unwashed hands doesn't defile anyone. We won't get up in the government announcement and tell them that, right? <laughs> Terrible. I was trying to get through the whole sermon without a COVID thing. And it didn't last long. 
So Jesus is saying, stop worrying about what's around you, the external things. It's not what is around you that's going to defile you. It's what's coming out of you, friend. It's what's coming out of you that's actually going to defile a person. And so he's trying to highlight that there's something wrong. There's something twisted in us because of what Adam did, right? So a healthy inspection is to actually, decide, to actually look at what's coming out of our mouths. What are the things that are coming out of me? Because I need delivered from that. I need a savior. I need someone who's not going to just clean up the outside of the cup, but who's going to come inside of me and clean me up and make me holy and make me whole. Come on, I believe that there's someone who can do that. His name is Jesus, right? The Bible actually says that we're saved from all these things, guys. He says that this was your former way. This was your former conduct that you gave yourself to these things, that you were a slave to these things. But the Bible says that we've been delivered out of it. Amen? Yeah, because we've been born into sin, right? We aren't clean on the inside. We aren't clean on the inside until we meet Jesus, right? And we try to put external, external things and consequences around us to stop us doing those things. Do you know most people that we would call good and bad are just people who are more self-disciplined to actually stop the things that they're thinking about and want to do actually coming out. Do you know that's why we have laws? To stop people doing things that they want to do. The law does not change the heart. The law gives you a consequence and says, if you kill someone, we will kill you. Old Testament. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. This is, this is what the law, the law is put in place to show, to, 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 to get a people who have not had an, an internal salvation. God has washed me, cleansed me. This is an external consequence for an external world that we're living in. That's what the law was. If you do this, this will happen. If you do this, this will happen. And so I've just been pondering on this thought all the time because people are like, well, why is God like this in the old and he's like this in the new? I can tell you exactly why. Because none of us had experienced the washing that Jesus brings that actually changes the heart. Jesus says, I'll write on the tablets of their heart. I will lead them from the inside. They didn't have that before the blood of Jesus. So they had to have, look, if you do bad, bad's going to happen to you. Why? Because God loves and cares. And if there's no consequence for bad things, everyone's going to run around and just do bad things because it's bad stuff in them. And then if they do good, they're rewarded. And you read all through the Psalms and all through the Old Testament, it's God saying, look, if you do good, I'll bless you and I'll show people that if you do righteous things, good thing happens to you because I can't let wickedness go unpunished. Because if there's no consequence to sin, everyone would just be like, oh, well, we can just live how we want. We can treat people how we want. And the inside of man is not, is not bent towards good, guys. It's bent towards evil. So if I don't bring in a consequence, these guys are going to kill each other, hurt each other, rob each other. This is all pre-Jesus, friend. Then when Jesus came, he's like, no, I'm going to wash you on the inside. I don't want your outside of your cup being clean and you're not doing things because you don't want a punishment. I actually want to change the motive of your heart. Oh, this is just the gospel, guys. It's so good. It's so good. Come on, the Bible says that the, that the law, Romans 7, it says that the law is perfect. It shows God's standard. It shows God's standard. There's nothing wrong with the law, but Paul says the law awoken something in me. It awakens sin in my members, right? So the law is good, and then it says, don't push that fire alarm. And right now I'm thinking, push the fire alarm, push the fire alarm. (laughs) 
Anyone ever had that experience? You walk through it like, like smash and break. You're like, should I? Should I? No. <laughs> but Paul, Paul right here in Romans 7, and by the way, friend, there's so much damage being done to the gospel and to a Christian life by people only reading Romans 7. Do you know Romans 7 was in a separate letter? We put chapters in the letter. Romans is one letter. So you can't read through Romans from chapter 1 right through to chapter 8 and still think, as Paul says in Romans 7, oh, wretched man that I am. Everything I don't want to do, I just keep doing. Do you know what he says at the start of Romans 7? He says, I'm talking to a man who's under the law. He's like, I'm going to relate to your experience. I'm going to relate to your experience when you're just trying to do external things and then sin is awakened in you. Because then he goes on to talk about Romans 8, how the flesh is dead and, and, and those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh. And we no longer live by the flesh, we live by the Spirit. Talks about death from the law, death and, 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 and even gives an example of someone being married and then they die to that and then they can remarry. So we would under this law, external system, but Jesus came and brought a new way, made us clean by the blood of Jesus and now we get to live in the Spirit. Come on, guys, there's hope. There's hope. So if you're reading Romans 7 and reading Paul says, I I don't want to do what I do, and you're like, yeah, I can relate, get born again. No amen to that one. Get born again, friend. Stop living according to the law. Get under grace and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you from the inside. And if anyone's actually truly experienced Jesus and grace, you'll fulfill the law anyway. (laughs) Amen. Come on, Jesus. All right, so this brings me to my whole point. Inside humanity is unclean, and we have a need for a deep clean, a Savior. We're in need of a Savior. We're not in need of a surface clean or for someone to sweep or cover up. This is what I, 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 I get frustrated when people think that grace is a sweeping under the rug or a covering. It is not. It is full deliverance from the enemy. The grace of God actually delivered us. It is not for, for God to give us a pat on the back and say, it's okay, keep sinning, you're doing good, whatever. No, no, no. Grace freed us. Grace freed us to choose who we marry. We can still be a sin, we can still be a servant to sin if we choose to obey it. We still live in bodies, guys. We still get temptations. We can choose to say, this has power over me. Or I can say, no, that's dead and I'm alive in Christ. Just a uh. Okay, I'm not a teacher. You know that, right? But look, Adam and Eve did not have a sinful nature. They're still the first ones to sin. (laughs) Adam and Eve were created by God, not with a sinful nature. They chose to be deceived, and then sin entered the world. So people are like, oh, but, but you can't say that we're delivered from the power of sin because I still sin. Well, so did Adam and Eve. You can still choose to sin. You haven't lost your ability to choose. You choose who you serve now. Do I serve the flesh or do I serve God? Am I dead to sin and alive to God or am I alive to sin and dead to God? Come on. Thank you. All right. We good? So we actually need a deliverer, guys. I don't know about this, but this is just basic gospel. This is why everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus because this is not about good and bad. There is still people who call themselves Christians who still think they're going to be saved by their own works. There are still people who believe that if I do more good than bad, I'll go to heaven. No, you need a Savior. 
You need a deliverer. This is not about whether you're good or bad. This is about being made clean. Come on. He's the real answer to a real condition, right? He's the one who said, wash the inside of the cup and the outside will become clean. Yeah? So we see Old Testament, there's external washings, external circumcision. Yes? Yeah? There's external, there's a cutting away of the flesh, which is circumcision, right? But then we see when, when Jesus enters, there's an internal washing. There's a washing from the inside. There's a washing of the heart. There is heart circumcision. Those who now worship God, the true Jews, are not those who have been circumcised with hands, but have had circumcision of heart. Guys, that's a clean heart. That's the flesh cut off the heart. Yeah? That really changes and transforms us. That really changes us and transforms us, right? So here's the answer. The answer for us to actually be cleansed and made whole is Jesus. And when we meet Jesus, there's this term that we hardly ever talk about anymore, and it needs to be the forefront of the Christian faith, and that is to be born again. Come on, to be born again, which means to be born of God. Every Christian has two birthdays, the day that you were born in the natural and the day that you got born again, right? We need to get born again, right? John 1, 12, 13. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. They are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Yeah? John 3, verse 1 to 8. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish re religious leader who was a Pharisee. After, after dark one evening, he went to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Right? Now, I would just, just like to just highlight, I don't have time to go on it this morning, but when he says, you will not see the kingdom of God, the, 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 the apostles, the disciples says, well, where is the kingdom? He says, the kingdom is... Guys, the kingdom of God is inside of you. We've taken that as you get to go to heaven when you die. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But the kingdom of God, God's dominion, the king's domain is actually inside of you. So if I want to see the kingdom of God, if I want to see the gospel, if I want to see God transform me, he comes in the inside when I get born again. <laughs> what do you mean? Explained Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Seriously. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can re reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. I've got my work cut out for me this morning, because I'm going to try to explain it. <laughs> Not explaining how it happens, but I'm just going to explain the need for it. The need to be born again. 
Amen. It's interesting that he says to be born again, you have to be born of what? Water. What is that? Come on, Leo. Thank you. We had a bunch of people <laughs> get baptized the other day. I know uh, my friend, um, oh my gosh, my Benjamin. Benjamin got baptized in the lake the other day. Josh and I took him down and dunked him under. Well, that's good. So to be born again, we have to be buried. We have to be born of water and spirit. We all know that when we get buried, uh, when we get baptized, we get buried with Christ. So there's a death. Again, we're highlighting Romans again. There's a death from the old, and then we've died to that. We're buried with that, and then we have new life. So we are, we are dying to the old us. We are dying to the law. We are dying to the flesh. We're dying to all of that old twisted stuff. We're getting buried in water, and then we're getting filled with the Holy Spirit who empowers us for new life. That's why you have to be born again. Amen. You have to be born again. Jesus said it. Not me. Jesus says you have to. Some people think you can. No, you have to. You have to be born again. Why? Because we have to understand that there's something wrong with us. There is a twisting of sin. And you are born into sin through Adam and you're born again out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe that the gospel is actually true. I'm crazy enough to believe that Jesus can do a better work in me than Adam had the ability to mess me up. Jesus, the second Adam, is way more powerful than Adam. And so if Adam can mess me up and I was born a sinner, I'd actually believe that Jesus can deliver me from the power of sin. And if you read your Bible for longer than three seconds, you'll see it too. It is so in there. Guys, it is so in there because we've boiled the gospel down to where you go when you die. Well, I want to die now and be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be buried in the waters of baptism. I want to come up in the newness of life through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you must be. You must be born again. Okay, where am I? I'm, I'm, uh, let's go to Colossians 2.8. You guys all good? You got to get born again. Come on. Born again. So born again requires the death of the old you, co-crucified, countering God, repenting of your sin. What's repenting of your sin, guide? Acknowledging your condition. Acknowledging I need a Savior. I need delivered. Paul finished Romans 7 says, O rich man that I am, who can deliver me out of this? The answer is Jesus. Come on. The answer is Jesus. Don't sit in that feel like Romans 7, and then not go, the answer is Jesus. Come on. Oh, I'll preach it. Come on, Jesus. He's so good. All right, let's go to Colossians 2, because I'm just going to bring some more, more things so you don't think this is Corey's theology. This is in the Bible. You ready? Colossians 2.8. Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in the attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness. By pretending to be full of wisdom when they are filled with endless arguments of human lo logic. Again, a blind guide leading a blind person. There's actually such a responsibility on here to preach the gospel for what it is. Instead of adding other things and saying, no, you need Jesus and. No, you need to get born again. That's the problem. The problem is sin messed you up. You need to get born again. That's the answer. Not self-management, not old creation management, not just try better, not come to church more, not, not those external things. You need born again. 
There's something on in here that actually needs to be dealt with, and man can't deal with it. Only God can. Yes? Come on. Just simple gospel this morning, friends. Come on. We're filled with, uh, for they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindsets of this world and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. And our own completeness is found in him. Found in who? Jesus. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority of the universe. Through our union with him, we have experienced what? Circumcision of? So we've shifted from external, guys. And Jesus is doing an internal work in us. Circumcision of heart. Well, what was circumcision? The cutting away of flesh. Now I've been circumcised in heart. What does that mean? Cutting off the power of flesh, the old nature, the dominion of sin, the hold of the enemy. Cut off. I'll use this analogy and stay with me. But no one carries, no one who is, uh, how do I do this without being vulgar? Just to paint a picture, no one who gets physically circumcised carries the flesh around with them. And if you do, you're weird. You need to go home and get rid of it. Now, <laughs> now we're laughing about it, but most of us live our Christian life like that. Flesh has been cut away, but I carry it with me wherever I go. And I tell everyone about how I've still got it. No, no, no. It's been cut away. It's been cut off. Come on. Don't go sewing that thing back on. You know what I mean? Because some of us will get born again, then we'll go back in our past, and then we'll pick up everything, and then we'll have a few experiences, and life will do a few things. And then the enemy comes and brings confusion and brings a few things, and all of a sudden we think, oh, no, I didn't actually get circumcised. It's still there. It's still there, it's still there, it's still there, it's still there. And then we find other people, this is what happened, guys. Then we find other people who are in the same experience with us, and we all get together, and we say, oh my gosh, well, that can't be true because it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. Then we go to Romans 7, we say, look, Paul still struggled with it. All of a sudden, we've created a theology and a doctrine that the gospel doesn't actually clean you up and circumcise you. It's just, that's not, our, that's not my experience. Is it your experience? No, it's not my experience. Oh, it must not be true. <laughs> How sad is that? So we just compare ourselves with each other instead of reading what the Word says. And we're going to say, oh, no, well, that's not my experience. Well, I've been a Christian for a long time. Brandon, you're going to tell me that you can be free? Yeah, I am. Because Jesus says you can be. And so you keep living that until that experience is yours. Don't you bring God's Word down to your current experience. Amen? Come on. You just read the Bible. And it's just, oh, it's amazing. Come on, Jesus. Where did I get to with this? Okay, we experience circumcision of heart. All the guilt and the power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct. That's a good word. Because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. This is all because of Jesus, guys. This is not because of humanity. This is because of Jesus. For we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we're raised for him when we believed in God's resurrection power. Right now, we're talking about the, the born-again experience. Death burial, resurrection. Something has happened when we went through this. This means that we have been raised with Him when we believed in God's resurrection power. That power that raised Christ 
uh, raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state. We've already established this morning that we were in a state. We were in a state before we met Jesus. We were in a state, guys, and it wasn't a good state. It was a messed up, twisted state. We were in a state and we've been raised out of our former state where we, held in, where we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of our, come on guys, we've been forgiven of our sins. We've been raised out of that forever, forever alive, alive to God, dead to sin. Come on, something happened. He canceled out every legal violation he had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict. And, oh, silly word. He erased it all. Our sins, our stains stole. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Come on, guy, you, 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 you canceled the subscription to that former state. I love canceling subscriptions. I love taking the trial and then, no, <laughs> canceling the subscription, but still getting a month. It's just, it's just a good feeling, right? We've canceled that. It's been canceled. Why? Because of Jesus, because of the cross, guys. Come on. Uh, so he erased it all. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping them away from the enemy. Come on, if he, if he stripped away the enemy of every principality and power, every right, every hold he had on you. Imagine Jesus declaring this. Imagine the Bible declaring this, but then Jesus like, oh, well, no, actually, guys, I didn't really set you free. <laughs> I, didn't re- I didn't really defeat the enemy. You're still going to have to live like this. You're not actually going to be free. It's, bla- it's actually blasphemy. Jesus actually set us free from the enemy. Come on. He didn't go through the cross to give us a half deliverance. It is finished. Thank you, Leo. So this is the born again experience right here. We, we were in a former state. We get born again out of that state. The Bible says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become I love the language, all things, old creation, new creation. You became something when you gave your life to Jesus. When a baby is born, they are born not as an old creation. That's why he said you have to be born again, because when you're born, you're born new. This isn't Benjamin Button. We're not born old. We're born new. Come on, we're born new. Amen? There's actual transformation. One of my favorite um, revivalist preachers is George Whitefield. Does anyone know him? He was part of the first Great Awakening. If you don't know him, you should. There was a movement that was around at the time of the first uh, Great Awakening, which was called a halfway covenant, which meant that you could become a member and join a church and profess Christianity without actually having a relationship with God. This actually brought on the downturning and, and the spiral downwards of Christianity in America. George Whitefield had a fundamental truth that people actually needed to get born again. He actually said, revival will come to America when the pastors get born again. I love dudes like this. Come on. The guy traveled on horseback all around the 
little towns and villages and whatever they're called back in the day, preaching the gospel, preaching the need to be born again, the need to be born again. This is one of his quotes. He says, I am fully convinced there is a fundamental difference between us and them. He's talking about people who've been born again and those who haven't. They believe only on an outward Christ. We further believe that he must be inwardly formed in our hearts also. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Come on, humanistic wisdom, understanding, humans produce human lives. The Spirit produces spirit life. Amen. So I'm going to wrap all this up with Romans 5 this morning. If anyone hasn't heard the gospel, you got to hear it this morning. Romans 5.12, this is just going to bring everything I've said into one crowning moment, and we're just going to glorify Jesus. Amen. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break it. It's amazing that the law is actually there to tutor us to Jesus. The law is holy. The law is perfect. It was a tutor. It was to point us to Jesus. It was for us to just, it was for God just to say, guys, this is my standard. You are so far from it. And even in your best effort in your human humanistic nature, you're never going to reach it. So then we put faith in God rather than faith in people. And all self-righteousness goes out the window and we take on the righteousness of God that is in Christ Jesus. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Sorry. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. This is just something really, really quick to note. Everyone needs Jesus. Mother Teresa needed Jesus. The, the, the best, goodest person you can think of needs Jesus. Because even though we may have not, we have not done what Adam did, we were born into sin. And we need delivered from that. That's why Jesus is for everyone. He says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All guys. Everyone needs Jesus. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. I can see the goodness of God in here that all of this came through one man and then all this good stuff comes through one man as well. And his name is Jesus. Yeah? The result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. 
For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to us being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. Again, his gift of righteousness means you can't earn it, has to be given. For all who receive it, not all who earn it, not all who work for it, all who receive it will live in triumph over, right there in your Bibles, guys, there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for us to be living in sin. And if we are, we've brought into a lie that we're not free and that Jesus hasn't actually delivered us. Am I talking about perfection? No. I'm talking about the lie that we believe, no, this is who I am, this is how I'll always be, I just need to manage my sin, clean the outside of the cup, make it look like I'm doing okay, but inside I'm decaying. That's not what God wants for you. That's not why Jesus came, for you to be a hypocrite. He didn't come for you to be clean on the outside and a mess on the inside. God's too good. God loves you too much. God cares for you too much to leave you in that state. That was a great time to amen. It's just the heart of God towards you. Where am I? I feel like I'm taking so long to read through this, but maybe it's on purpose. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. So we're all condemned, guys, until we meet Jesus. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Wow. Not just when you die, new life for everyone. Because we no longer live by the flesh, we live in the new life of the Spirit. Romans 8 is just a beautiful picture of what a, a new life looks like. Yeah? Mm. It brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Just an, another little point. It's not just about us dying, it's about us living. There's a lot of talk about dying. We need to die to live. Yeah? It's not just about dying, it's about living a new life unto God. Yes, but because one person, uh, but because one person disobeyed disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. So you've been made something, guys. You were a sinner and you've now been made righteous. God's law was given so that all the people could see how sinful they are. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace become more abundant. So just as sin ruled, ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? That's the gospel in about 35 minutes of why we, every single one of us need Jesus. And the hope and the answer for humanity will always be the one 
who can actually transform, change, and clean us on the inside.